Thanks for listening in to the Calvary Podcast, coming to you from Miami, Florida. We're so glad you've joined us. We hope today's message will encourage you and remind you that God is with you and He's for you. Here's today's message. The Word of the Lord says this, beginning in verse 5. When no bush of the field was yet in the land and no small plant on the field had yet sprung up for the Lord God had not caused it to rain on the land and there was no man to work the ground and a mist was going up from the land and was watering the whole face of the ground. Then the Lord God formed the man of dust from the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life and the man became a living creature I want you to look at verse 7 one more time is the verse I want us to focus on this morning and kind of talk about for the next few minutes then the Lord God formed the man of dust from the what from the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life and the man became a living creature glory days as we start this brand new series over the next four weeks we'll talk about glory and what it means and what I believe the Lord is speaking about and what our lives can look like over the next several months I want to begin week one if you're taking notes I want to talk to you from this title glory in the dirt glory in the dirt Why don't you look at three, four people around you and tell them there's glory in the dirt. There's glory in the dirt. Come on, let's pray. And then I'll speak about this for the next several moments and see what it means. And then we'll worship together and hopefully go home and see the dolphins beat the bills. I want to believe, Lord, but I'm doubting. Help me. Help me in my unbelief. Come on, let's pray. Father, we thank you. We love you. Thank you for this day. This is the day that the Lord has made. We will rejoice and be glad in it. We we enter your course with thanksgiving, God. Thank you for a brand new year. Thank you for a brand new day. Thank you for a brand new beginning. We made it, Father. There's a lot of people that wanted to make it to 2024. There's a lot of people that wanted to be sitting in the chair that we are in with the opportunities that we have at our disposal, but we are here. Help us to make the most of all that you have given us. Thank you for this time. Thank you for new mercies. Thank you for new grace. Thank you, God, that there's glory in the dirt. We pray that you would speak to us at the outset of this series as we begin to speak and look all throughout Scripture that you would open up our hearts to see you and understand you. We love you. We thank you. And it's in the name of Jesus that all of Calvary Church says, come on, all of Calvary Church says, can you make some noise for Jesus one more time? Come on. Recently, I've become somewhat of a builder because I have a a one-year-old daughter now. And having kids forces you to build all type of things. I am now doing the thing that I hated growing up, and that is putting a bunch of pieces together, trying to create something absolutely awesome. And it is more frustrating when they come from Ikea. I am trying to build, I am trying to make, whether it's a small table or a chair 
or what not all the gifts that she gets they come with some assembly required and it is absolutely frustrating but I'm Bob the Builder now at home I'm building uh, Diana is a chef now Diana has been chefing it up at the house and um, she is a mean chef she is awesome by the way shout out to all the good mothers out there you guys are champions my level of respect now through the roof seriously I think our society needs to celebrate mothers more often yeah come on can we thank God for them Diana is a mean chef and she's been now our baby gets the glory and I get the glory too we are eating good at the house and it's been awesome and I notice that whether it's me or Diana whenever you go to build or to cook you look for the best materials and ingredients I had to build a chair the other day for Ari a little baby chair and I'm looking at the chair like can this hold my daughter because I'm not going to sit my daughter in an unstable chair and I'm looking at the materials where is this made from what country does it come from is it strong enough is it sturdy and I want to make sure because now I have a different view of products and materials that are going to be handed down to my daughter I noticed Diana now I mean before she would feed me anything for my daughter it's grade a organic no insects like like just no pesticides not even a bug landed on that thing ever and obviously I'm reaping the benefits but before she didn't care that much <laughs> but I notice that when we care we pick out the best materials I'm looking for the best ingredients and uh, it's it's been absolutely awesome when it comes to God and God creating humanity I started to think God surely had better materials to make us with other than dirt he had a whole lot of resources other than dust to make us just think about what was at his disposal he could have picked the bark of a tree and made us out of wood Beavers use it to build their dams. Carpenters use it to make furniture. I think we would have been a little bit stronger if he made us from wood. He could have gone to the mountains of Italy, where I'm from, <laughs> and made us from marble. And I think he could have chiseled us to perfection if he made us from marble. Some of us think we're made out of, mar of marble. No, no, sit down, humble yourself. He could have picked some metals out of the ground. He could have picked cotton out of a harvest field and made us from cotton. And we would have been nice and fluffy and soft and beautiful. That would have been an awesome material to create us from. He could have picked us from the stone of the ground. But notice that when God went to make humanity, he went down to the ground. He went down, down to the dirt. God chose dirt to make us look at your neighbor and tell him you're just a piece of dirt <laughs> look at your neighbor and tell him you dirt bag no no that's good, that's good. He, he chose he chose dirt now I'm not saying I'm not saying dirt in its entirety is a bad thing dirt is good and there's a lot of absolutely amazing benefits that come from dirt it is used in agriculture it is used for the farming system 
Um, I read a little bit that engineers use it and mining. And I'm absolutely amazing. I went to Uganda and I went and I saw how some of the people out living in remote villages build these huts out of dirt. You can do a whole lot of good from dirt. But dirt, it, it, it's a humble resource. There's something humbling about being made from dirt. It is a fragile substance. The dust of the ground. If you think about it, dirt is a dependable type of material. There's not a whole lot that dirt can do by itself. It needs to always be tied to and work with another substance to function. In other words, God chose material that needed him to survive. God chose the dust or the dirt of the ground because every day should be a reminder that my very own makeup needs him to breathe, needs him to function. In order to wake up in the morning, I need him. In order for me to take my next breath, I need him. I do not function by myself. I do not operate by my own authority. I know you're on automatic and you may not even think about it, but every breath you take is dependent on God. Our very own fiber, our makeup is dependent on God. Down to the cells, down to the atoms, the protons, the neutrons, the molecules, everything is dependent on God. Our entire body gives God glory. It speaks of his wonder and it speaks of his majesty and it speaks of the awesomeness of God of how he has made us from the dust of the ground he made living organs he made us a breathing living human come on out of the dirt of the ground I depend on God for every breath that I take because if God wanted to right at this very moment he wouldn't give you your next breath it wasn't us we have no authority over our own body it is God the designer who picked the dirt out of the ground and he breathed life into it oh come on we are dependable people People. We are dependent on God for all that we have and all that we do. Try to do it all by yourself and see how far it takes you. It is God and God's power alone that allows us to function. So there's something beautiful and humbling about dirt that we depend on God. Yet the pride of man always seeks for independence. We always try to do things away from God. There's something, there's an inclination in the dirt to want to be dependent. I mean, independent, not dependent. I have a daughter now, a year old, and she wants to be independent. She's never heard Destiny's Child, but she's Miss Independent already. Never heard Destiny's Child or Neo or nothing, and she thinks she could pay her bills, 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 and she's Miss Independent. Don't tell me what I can do, how I can eat. And I'm like, girl, you don't, uh, we brought. There's an inclination in our human makeup that wants to be independent. But being made from the dust of the ground is a good reminder that from ashes we came and to ashes we will return. Yeah, we try to be independent. Adam tried to be independent. Adam and Eve surely thought they knew more than God, and we can blame them, but we still do it today. We think we know more than God. We think we are smarter. We have more wisdom. We are just, we can outsmart God, and we can't. God has ordained and set everything out perfectly, yet we still try. Adam and Eve tried to be independent, 
and it brought in Genesis what we call the fall of man. The fall of man. Sin entered the world, the Bible says in the book of Romans. One translation says literally sin entered the universe. In other words, sin came from the macro level to the micro level. Sin entered every single cell that exists. Sin, like poison, has infiltrated all of humanity, all of creation, and now there is sin in the dirt. The very dirt that God created is now poisoned with this substance that comes to kill, steal, and destroy. Today, this is how many of us live, and what we have to remember is that independence brings death. Always, independence brings separation. Separation from God is death, death to the human soul, the spirit, the mind. You are going to physically die one day, absolutely, but you can start dying emotionally, mentally, and spiritually before you ever pass physically. So many of us today, we, it's the start of a brand new year. It is 2024 and we're up here talking about glory days and believing for glory days. The next 21 days, let's separate them to God. And come on, let's do this together as a family. And you may not feel like it because you're living on the other side of independence. And so today it doesn't feel like glory days. It feels like dirt days. You ever been there where life feels like dirt has been thrown on you? It's been thrown on your mind. It's been thrown on your soul. It's clouded your vision. It may not feel like you're even above the dirt. You're below the dirt. Dirt has consumed your world. And so you're not thinking about glory days. How could I ever experience glory days if what I have right now is nothing but dirt? Because independence has taken us now to the consequences of living away from God. Some of us have made choices over the last few weeks, months, years, independently from God, and now we blame God for the consequences of those decisions. Independence, keep, keep trying to be independent. I've tried it, I've been there. Some of us, we'll pass the mic around this room and we'll know that people, hundreds of people, you try living independent from God, it will bring nothing but death. So some of us feel that way today. I am walking in death, not in glory. Well, I think this is why new beginnings, new starts are awesome. God is a God of new beginnings. And if independence brings death, then the obvious opposite statement is true, that dependence brings life. In other words, let the dirt of the ground remind us that we need him each and every single day. So for 2024, come on, let's make a decision. I'm not going to be independent. I'm going to depend on him for all of my decisions. I'm going to depend on him for my life. I'm going to depend on him for my mind. I'm going to depend on him for my marriage. I'm going to depend on him for my business. I'm going to depend on him for my career. I'm going to depend on him for my decision. Come on, let's be dependent people. Can I get an amen. Make a decision this year. Come on, if you want the glory of God to increase over your life, it's not going to come from independence. It's going to come from dependence. Independence brings death. Dependence brings life. And so today, if you want to thrive, 
The way God designed us to thrive is going to come from depending on him each and every moment. That means say no to some of the things that we want to do, to say yes to some of the things that God wants us to do. Can I get an amen? We are dependent beings, not independent. Are you following me? So I'll put it this way today. In order to surge, then you need to surrender. You want to have glory days? You want to overflow? To surge means to overflow, to grow, to climb. Then it's going to require some dependence on us, on God. Not on people, not on organizations, on God, his word, his ways, and his will. And then... I really believe you and I will thrive. We'll thrive. We'll see the glory of God in our life. Genesis 2, where we started reading. Genesis chapter 2, we see God as designer, artist, and architect. Absolutely beautiful. In the book of Genesis, we see the power and the beauty of God. And we get to chapter 2, where he makes us out of dirt, out of the dust of the ground. And then verse 7, what does it say that God did to humanity? It says he formed us, and then he did what? He breathed on what he formed. Right, God formed man, and then he, like four people just jumped all over this place. I do that to wake some people up. You're thinking about the dolphins. Listen, come on. We're focused. Ten more minutes, we're out here. He breathed on man, and man became a living soul. We were dust. There was no life in the dust. There was no life in the dirt until God breathed on that dirt. And then we became alive. Genesis chapter 2, verse 7, is the beginning of creation, humanity, the human race. Are you following me? Now, now we don't have too much time to, to look too much into it, but, but I want to take you to the New Testament for a second because it is interesting that in John chapter 20, in the Gospel of John, in the 20th chapter, in the 22nd verse, Jesus, right before he ascends to the Father, he gathers his friends, he gathers his disciples, and it says he prayed over them. Then in verse 22, it says, then he breathed on them and said, receive the Holy Spirit. Jesus gathered his friends, his disciples, his followers, and he blew over them. Why would he do that? Because the first Adam fell and led to death. Our first birth leads to death because we're born in sin. We needed a second Adam to come that leads to life. And so God breathed on the dirt that became full of sin. Now Jesus breathes in the dirt again and fills us with his glory. When he breathed on us, we received the Holy Spirit. The Bible says that the rest of them, they went up to an upper room in Acts chapter 2. The Holy Spirit descended on them and there in that room like a wind, the Holy Spirit came and filled them all. Acts chapter 2 is the beginning of a new creation. The first creation fell in sin. The second creation is going to thrive in glory. Because God has now picked the dirt and the dust of the ground to infuse it and fill it with his glory. Because where sin came to destroy, Jesus came to build. Jesus came to give life. Jesus came to give glory. Jesus came to give mercy. Jesus came to give us life and life to the fullest. And so now, every single person that believes in the name of Jesus, calls on the name of Jesus, is now infused and filled with the Holy Spirit. Whew. When you become a believer in Jesus, the Holy Spirit, you may not have felt it, but it came over you. 
The Holy Spirit is now inside of you. And now there's glory in the dirt. What a beautiful thing that God has chosen to put his glory in such a humble substance. It is absolutely beautiful and we should worship him for that, that he grabs such a fragile frame and he fills it with his glory. That is absolutely beautiful. Now we who are followers of Jesus are carriers of this glory. I don't know if that's true. At 1 Peter chapter 4. If you are insulted for the name of Christ, right? Somebody unfollows you, blocks you. That's like insults nowadays. In their days, a lion ate you in an arena. You are blessed because the spirit of glory and of God rests upon you. Ooh. If somebody tries to hurt the frame of dirt, don't you worry because you're carrying glory on the inside of you. This is why I believe our society today is in trouble. Because all we're teaching kids is that they're dirt and dust. And you just came from the ground and a cell multiplied and out of a ground you just were formed out of nowhere. The winds and the waves of life happened to create you. Or you came from a monkey and a monkey had another monkey and a monkey had another monkey and eventually you were formed. And so there is no value in the human life. But when you teach kids that you are the glory of God, that he formed you, that he shaped you, that he breathes into you and you are a child of God, it creates value. It makes you pick up your head and realize, oh, I may be dirt, but I I carry glory on the inside. I'm a child of God. I'm a man of God. I'm a woman of God. I don't act like a dog. I don't act like a monkey. I act like a child of God. I will walk in order. I'll operate in order. I'll think the way that God wants me to think. And so we need to re-go, go back and redo the teaching to our kids. You're not a dog or a monkey. And oh, that's just a guy acting like a dog because he's a dog. I'm not a dog. I'm a man of God. And I got glory on the inside. That's why Jesus says in Matthew chapter 10, do not fear those who kill the body, but cannot kill the soul. Rather fear him who can destroy both the soul and the body in hell. Oh, this here, they may hurt your body, but they can't kill your spirit. Oh, come on, somebody. The situations may come and it may crush you. It may press you down, but you can still decide what spirit to have in spite of the season that you may be in. I don't know what February will bring. I don't know what March will bring. I don't know what will be in December, but my spirit will be aligned with God and his word and I'll walk in his glory and I'll walk in his power. Come on, somebody. We're walking in some glory days. Can I get an amen? People that are made and carriers of glory do not let their exterior determine their interior. Are you following me? So the Bible says that we have received the Holy Spirit as salvation. I got a lot of verses I could share, but because of time, I'm, I'm going to try to cut them down. Tyler's already been playing the keys for about five minutes. Let me, let me explain this really quick, and hopefully I, I can help you understand what I've been trying to understand is beautiful. When we become saved, when, when, we, when, we, when Jesus comes and saves us, when we declare Jesus as Lord and Savior, the Bible says that's the moment of justification, right? What happens there in that very moment that you believe in Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, the Bible says that you are made just. A simple way to remind yourself is that you are made just as if you've never sinned. 
It's the power of the blood of Jesus, right? In that moment, you are justified. Then we begin a process called sanctification. So there's justification, sanctification, and when we see him eye to eye, there'll be glorification. That's finally when you'll have the six-pack you've been trying to have in eternity. We are justified, sanctified, soon to be glorified. The process of sanctification is what I want to talk about for the next month. Because that's what I mean when I talk about glory. Glory is to be sanctified to look like Him. What I mean by carriers of glory is that we are glory in a very simple term. And again, we'll talk about it over the next four weeks, but glory in a very simple term, it's the goodness of God. You want one word for glory? It's goodness. All of God's goodness wrapped up in word. One word, goodness, that's glory. God has put his goodness on the inside of you. And he wants to draw out goodness from you for you to look like Jesus. The process of sanctification is God forming us and shaping us to look more like him. He saves us from Egypt, but then he needs to get Egypt out of us. I'm from Hialeah. You can get a boy out of Hialeah, but then you got to get Hialeah out of the boy. Right? Jesus saved us from Egypt, saved us from sin and slavery, but now sanctification, he's processing, working out a bunch of things. In our life. Is that making sense? Hebrews chapter 10, verse 14. For by a single offering, he has perfected for all time those who are being sanctified. He's sanctifying us. In other words, you and I will never be perfect until we see him face to face. But in our journey, as long as God gives us life and breath to the dirt and the dust of the ground, he's trying to shape us and make us more like Jesus. This is one of the main verses I want to talk about over the next few weeks. 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 18. 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 18. It is packed, packed with God's goodness, promises. One of my favorite verses, I mean, this verse you could unpack it for the rest of your life. I'm going to try to explain. This is just an introduction. Paul is writing about the old covenant. When Moses saw the glory of God and then had to veil his face. And he says, now with an unveiled face, we get to see Jesus. Look what he says. And we all with unveiled faces, beholding the glory of God. The Bible says that Jesus is the glory of God. All of God's goodness summed up in one person, Jesus. And so we look to Jesus. We're being transformed into that same image from one degree of glory to another. For this comes from the Lord who is the Spirit. Okay, Paul did not have an easy life. Paul was not just blocked and unfollowed on social media. Like he was, he was thrown in prison. He was out to sea. He almost died multiple times. Whooped, beaten to death. How did he remain steadfast? How did he live in his glory days? He kept his eyes on Jesus. You want to live in your glory days? It's not going to happen because you have the best times on the outside. That's not what I mean when I talk about glory days. 
And I want to make it clear because some people hear the word glory and they're already like, oh, church is going to be awesome, like charismatic Pentecostal. That's the way we grew up. Glory, 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 hallelujah, hallelujah. It's not power. It's not dancing in one foot. It's not turning around. It's not doing all that and healing. I'm all for that. I'm all for that. I believe it. I'm a charismatic down to, I'm a charismatic with a seatbelt. I, I believe in all that. But when I talk about glory days, is God shaping me, maturing me, making me more like Jesus. That's glory days. The world does not need another church jumping, shouting with lights or more LED screens. I thank God for that. I like that. I'm a fan. What the world needs is a church that looks like Jesus, thinks like Jesus, loves like Jesus, embraces like Jesus. Come on, that's what the world needs. Followers who look like him from glory to glory. And so when Paul says that God takes us from glory to glory to glory, literally the connotation in the original language is from glory to 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 glory. It's literally what Paul means in the original language. In other words, the Christian life and the Christian journey is always one of onward and upward from glory to glory. So chapter 3 verse 18 Let's me know that my best days are not behind me. Let's me know that my glory days was not in 1987 when I had that Mustang and we would ride down the coast of the Pacific Highway. No, my best days are here right now because I look more like the sun as I look at him and worship him. And my glory days are tomorrow when he molds me and shakes me. And the day after that and after that, I go from glory to glory to glory. He's pouring out his glory as I look like the sun, as I worship the sun. Come on, my best days are here right now. I'm living in glory. I'm walking in glory. I'm going to glory. Come on, my glory days are now. Come on. Because he's put his glory in the dirt. Ooh. You're a believer in Jesus, you are a carrier of glory. How can your best days be behind you? They're right here, right now. Glory days. This is the year of glory. The more you surrender to sanctification, the more you'll surge in glorification. You want to live a life of glory? It's not what you possess, what you have, what you do, it's who you look like. And this year, he wants us to look more like Jesus. So he's drawing us, forming us, shaping us from glory to glory to glory to glory to glory. So what is the promise that God has for that dirt, that dust of the ground? I'll finish with this last verse. There's another verse that's going to carry us through the month. We were in Connect Group and somebody read this verse out loud. We were having some prayer time. It was beautiful. And as soon as they read the verse, my, my heart jumped. If you're charismatic like me, we used to say, my baby jumped. I know, weird, but I got excited. Isaiah chapter 60. They read, my baby jumped, leaped. Woo! Isaiah 60, this is it. This is the will of God for our life. Isaiah 60 verses 1 and 2. Arise, shine, for your light has come and the glory of the Lord has risen upon you for behold darkness shall cover the earth and thick darkness the people but the Lord 
but the Lord will rise upon you and his glory will be seen upon you. I'm going to speak this prophetically over people this morning. I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to read this verse one more time. This is the will of God. Arise, shine for your light has come and the glory of the Lord has risen upon you for behold, darkness covers the earth, thick darkness, the people, but the Lord, come on 2024, but the Lord 2024, but the Lord. I don't know what 23 looked like, but the Lord. I don't know what you've been through, but the Lord. I don't know what you're facing, but the Lord. Oh, I may be in deep waters, but the Lord. I may be going through dark times, but the Lord. Come on, somebody. But the Lord will raise, arise upon you, and his glory will be seen on you. Come on, somebody. Give God a praise. He is a God of all glory, all majesty, all wonder. Come on, he's an awesome God. Come on, the band, come up. I'm going to close you out with this. This is the year that if you understand what God wants to do in your life, you'll surrender in the process. Our independency delays what God wants to do. We'll talk about this next week, but we delay the process all the time of glorification. I want to walk in glory, God. I want to be like you, but yet we want to do whatever we want to do. Independence brings destruction, brings death. This year, I don't know about you, but I want to be more like Jesus. And all, and the way I treat my wife, and the way I treat my daughter, and the way I treat family, God, help me to be like you. Don't let the dirt take over. Because there's glory in the dirt. Help the dirt yield. Listen to what the Spirit says, because the Spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak 2024 the dirt will want to take you back to the ground 2024 the dirt is going to want you to look down disobey be independent not listen to the voice of God but let's walk in the glory of God these are glory days and there's glory in this dirt why because God chose to he Breeze on the dirt. Arise. The glory of the Lord is upon you. You may be in darkness, but the Lord has risen upon you. The prophet Isaiah, 700 years before Jesus writes this. He's speaking of the coming Messiah. 700 years before Jesus. The prophet Isaiah is writing down these words and he's saying, oh, there's, there's a, there's a son that's coming over Jerusalem. Jerusalem had been in destruction. If you go back and understand scripture, Jerusalem was decimated. It was left down to the dirt ashes. And Isaiah is saying, don't worry, glory is coming upon Jerusalem. It was a messianic prophecy that God was going to rebuild Jerusalem, but I also believe it's a personal prophecy because now we're on the other side of the Messiah. He's already come. And so the same way that we can translate it to a city, Jerusalem, yes, but we now know on this side of the New Testament, we are the new Jerusalem. And so the glory is upon you and I. Arise, stand. The glory is upon you because the sun has risen. I'll finish with these last three things. And I know I keep saying I'll finish, I'll finish. I promise you, last three things, three quick things. Number one, arise. What that means, this is the year to stand. Somebody shout, stand. 
That word arise in Isaiah chapter 60 comes from the Hebrew word kumi. And it literally means stand and be healed. Stand and be restored. Isaiah is calling the whole city, hey, stand up. Your time of restoration is here. Ooh, that's I don't know who that's for, but this is the year you stand. You become more like Jesus. This is your year of restoration. This is your year as you surrender and yield. He'll make you more like the Son. You walk in, we celebrate and we, we remember today communion, the sacrifice, the resurrection of Jesus. Because of that, you can stand and be healed. That same word, arise, is the same word. The one Isaiah uses is the same word that Jesus uses when he sees the paralyzed man in the pool of Bethesda. John chapter 5, verse 8, Jesus said to him, get up. Somebody shout, get up. Come on, one more time, like you had a croqueta, a coffee. Somebody say, get up. Get up, take your bed, and walk. I don't know what 24 is going to look like, but I'm going to get up, take my bed, and walk. I'm walking behind him. I'm keeping my eyes on him. Oh, winds may come and waves may come. Hell and high water may break through, but I'm keeping my eyes on him. Get up, get up, get up, and walk after Jesus. This is your year to stand. Somebody shall stand. Number two, shine. Number two, shine. He says, arise, shine. You don't shine your light, you shine his light. The only way to shine the light of Jesus is if you die to your own light. We are reflectors. We're going to talk about this. We are reflecting his glory. That's what we carry. We carry his glory. John chapter 17, verse 22. The glory, this is Jesus praying right before he ascends. And look what Jesus says. The glory that you have given me, I now have given to them that they may be one, even as we are one. The glory that was in Jesus, he now has given over to you and I. We are carriers of glory. Tell your neighbor, you better walk like it. Come on, tell him you better walk like you got some glory on the inside of you. This year, come on, walk, shine the glory of Jesus over your life. And then number three, we'll finish with this. Stand, shine, and surge. Isaiah says, for the glory of the Lord has risen upon you. The word picture there is a sun that's rising in the east, shining over the city. Can I tell you, there's a sun that has risen over your life. And he calls you to shine, to transform. The word there is metamorphosis. From glory to glory to glory to glory to glory. You can search. There can be an overflow in your life. You can grow and mature into what he wants you to be if you surrender to what he has. I want us to stand up to our feet all across this place. Moment. If you're here today and you say, Alex, this sounds okay, but I don't know God. I'm so far from God. Maybe you're in here or you're watching online and you say, Alex, you don't know where I've been, what I've done. I, that's right. I don't know. But God does and he loves you still. Maybe you're saying, Alex, I've done things that nobody knows about. I'm embarrassed. I'm ashamed. I got guilt in my life. That may be true, but I want to tell you that the Creator knows you. And He loves you so, so much. And although sin brought separation, Jesus brought forgiveness to unite you back to your Father, your Creator. With every eye closed, every head bowed, the Bible says that the wages of sin are death, or the end of sin is death. The penalty 
And we talked about that sin will destroy us mentally, emotionally, spiritually, will begin to bring death in our life, many times even physically. But I love the end of that verse because it says, but the gift of God is eternal life. The Bible says that Jesus came down and he grabbed my sin, your sin. We're all sinners. Not one perfect person in this place. The Bible says that Jesus grabbed my sin and your sins. The Bible says he went up to a cross at a place called Calvary. And there Jesus paid for every single one of our sins. So that if you believe in him, you will be justified. Just as if you've never sinned. The Bible says that if you believe in your heart and confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, you will be saved. Jesus died on that cross. He went down to a grave. He was dead for three days. But after three days, Jesus conquered sin and death. He's alive today. I want to tell you, friend, nothing else in this world will give you the peace that Jesus can give you. Money won't do it. Fame won't do it. Houses won't do it. Cars won't do it. Relationships won't do it. Vices won't do it. Another bottle won't do it. A one-night stand won't do it. Nothing will satisfy you. The only way Jesus can satisfy you. With every eye closed, every head bowed, if you're in here today and you're saying, Alex, I need Jesus. Today I want forgiveness of my sins. I want to confess Jesus as Lord and Savior of my life. Come on, you're saying, I want that glory on the inside. I want to be a carrier of that Holy Spirit and walk as a new creation. With every eye closed, every head bowed, in a moment of prayer, in a moment of privacy. Come on, as the church is praying. Pastors praying, dream team praying. If you're here and you say, Alex, I need Jesus, would you pray for me? I'm going to count to three. Every eye closed, every head bowed. When I count to three, I want you to raise your hand as high as you can. I'm not going to embarrass you. I'm not going to give you a mic. None of that. Nobody looking around. I want to see who I'm going to pray for. Hold it up for a few seconds. Hold it up high enough, long enough for me to see you. Then you can put your hand back down. In additional seating, we got pastors and hosting back there as well. Online, you raise your hand. God sees you. Take a step of faith. Today, if you're saying, Alex, I need Jesus. At the count of three, hold up your hand for a few seconds and you can put it right back down. One, two, three. Raise your hand. Raise your hand. Raise your hand. If you're saying, Alex, I need Jesus. Would you pray for me? Raise your hand. Raise your hand. Raise your hand. All over, all over the auditorium. All over. Amazing, amazing, amazing. God bless you and you and you and you and you and you and you. God bless you and 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 you. Amazing, amazing. God bless you. God bless you. I see you. Amazing, amazing. You can put your hands back down. Come on, what a start of a year. Just begin a relationship with God. I'm not talking about with a pastor or a church. I'm not talking about with an organization. I'm talking about with God, your creator. Today, you become a new creation. Come on, that's good news. Every eye closed, every head bowed. Repeat this prayer after me. In fact, the whole church, as one big family, repeat after me. Say, Father, thank you for today. Thank you for this opportunity. Today, I admit that I'm a sinner and that my sin separates me from you. Jesus, I believe you're the Son of God, that you died for my sins, and on the third day, you resurrected. Come into my life. Be my Lord and be my Savior. Come on, from today on, one more time, from today on, I'm forgiven, I'm saved, and I'm healed. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. Oh, come on, Calvary, can we throw a party in here? What a way to start a new year. Congratulations to all of you that made that decision. In fact, outside, before you go grab a coffee or hang out and all that, we got some people waving these bags. 
closer to our connect tent and we want to connect with you and give you this free gift there's a whole lot of gifts inside of inside of this bag but the most important one is a free bible and it's a bible that helps you understand what you're reading with notes on the side um just pass by there and say hey i did that prayer with alex and they'll give you this free gift absolutely free of charge they might ask for an email a number if you don't want to give it to them that's absolutely fine but me and dan and the team would love to send you a letter and try to help you with some resources but if not don't worry just pick it up it's absolutely free we love you come on what a start 2024 i'm believing we're walking in our glory days in jesus name from glory to glory to glory to glory Let's leave out of here singing this song out one more time. Come on with every hand lifted. Father, we thank you. We pray that your glory may come upon us, shine upon our face. May you go before us, behind us, beside us. Thank you for being our rear guard. Thank you for taking care of us all of 2023. We pray that this year, 2024, will be the year of glory, where we look like you, think like you, love like you. God, help us to worship you and keep our eyes on you. We love you and we thank you. Come on, let's sing it out.